Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. So it's been a little bit of a while since I did one of these. Um, I basically just had a few jobs, but I don't really have any excuses. If you're not familiar with Lightyear, they were sort of known as a ska punk band 
whereas really they were, I guess they were a, a, a punk rock band with horns, as, as a, a lot of MySpace biographies used to say. But there was something special about them, and whether it was the fact they were this kind of pantomime that was hard to take your eyes away from sometimes, they were also a really good live band as well as on record that you know some of Chaz's lyrics uh they're from the sort of Bush era time the Blair and Bush era time and it was just a kind of exactly what we needed after hearing so many American bands for me anyway along with bands like Cap Down and Adequate Seven and Five Knuckle as an English person you felt more represented as a punk rock fan you know, the reason why I started this podcast is because I was playing in my band, Great Cynics, and I'd come home from tour, and I, and I always used to think, what do people do? Because you can't really hold down a job. I had a couple of jobs, but they'd be like, where are you going? And I'd be like, well, on tour? <laughs> and they'd say, okay, see you later then, don't come back. And Lightyear are kind of the perfect example of this. They were touring for three weeks at a time and going home for a week and then going out again. And even knowing Chaz over these years, I haven't really sat down and spoken to him, spoken explicitly about what he did when he was home. So this gave me a really good insight and um, I really enjoyed it and I hope you do too. It's, it's longer than the usual ones. So here we go, it's Chaz from Lightyear. I went to live in a squat in, in Amsterdam um, with my friend. What year was that? I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> No idea. Straight after Lightyear, so... Well, Lightyear, the, the reunion shows were 2007 or 8. Okay, so before Quote, that, unquote, reunion. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, 2000 and... I don't know. When did we break up? I don't know. 2004? No idea. But they, but that that was, like, we broke up, I left, and then I was like, yeah, my whole... The bottom dropped out of my world, you know what I mean? I was like... You know, if you don't want to answer, that's fine. But how much money did you have around that period of time? What, with Lightyear? You know, following light years, I didn't have any money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so I had it, no job. I had no job. Was I it an ov- overdraft job or? Uh, was... No, I was I was homeless. <laughs> yeah, and and I only figured this out the other day. I was talking to my girlfriend, and I was like, she was like, because um, I think they were talking about Ed Sheeran about having nowhere to live, and no money, you know, or, and it was like, but he was like, you know, friends, know flaws, that. and stuff. Yeah, so so I guess, I, yeah. Do you know what? I wasn't homeless. I didn't have a home. But I, I, I was sleeping on floors. Yeah. You know, of people I didn't know. Right. So which that, is different. That was getting weird. That's different. Yeah. So I was... In party houses. Yeah. Yeah. And then it would be like, oh, you can, you know, my sister's got a house and you can sleep on her floor for a week, you know. So I'd be on that floor for a week. Not for ages. But then I was like, I've got to get out of here, you know. Um, and that's when, yeah. And then I was like, my mate was like, oh... My mate's an amazing guy, and he he uh, built a skate park in Amsterdam. Uh, not the one, not the modern. Well, actually, he did build that one as well. But he he went into a building because um, Amsterdam at the time. I did What's the modern one called? I can't remember. Skate park Amsterdam, I think something sure. like that. But it's on. It's in a like a big building, and and you go upstairs. It's like a proper you know multi million pound like kind of job. Really yeah. nice. Uh, but Ollie just went into this other skate park, built it like from scratch he's like he's just amazing man he's an amazing dude and um great skater as well and um yeah he was like there's this disused like warehouse i'm gonna go and started with like flat bar you know he started then he's like pyramids da, da, da. and um now he 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 was from derby now he's a, a firefighter paramedic dude in texas he moved to texas and got training and now that's what he does well, you know one of these people that's just like hardcore like 
I am going to do that. Like, yeah. Serious willpower. Yeah. So he, so I live with him and two Polish guys and a three-legged like dog called Kojo, which is Polish for goat. And you know, didn't know what I was doing. Didn't know anybody. Did you want to do anything? What did you have in mind? No, I, you, not... Because you, you, I mean, you were the job must have been, you know, somewhat similar to a career. What light year? Yeah. Well, th- this is the thing. Like, I kind of you know. So following up, you know, a, a musical events, if you like it, career. I, I had at that point, I had no, no idea of what what was going on. I didn't even. I never ever once looked at light year as a career. You Did know? you respect yourself as a musician, as a singer, no, as not a at lyricist? All. No, no, no. No, no, I still have trouble with that. You know, like I, I, I think I have like imposter syndrome, like really bad, and I, I have like really low opinion of, of uh, not so much myself, but my, what I do a bit, but then also like what I'm capable of. You know what I mean? Uh, sure. All the time. Yeah. So, so it, it which is yeah. mad because some of those lyrics on on both those records are amazing. Thank you. I mean, it's weird because it's like. <laughs> But I, I really appreciate that, but I can't. I don't take that on board. You know what I mean? If someone, if someone says that to me, I just have this thing where I just feel really awkward. I don't know. You know what I mean? No, I, I don't it. know how to process it. it. Yeah. And it's like because it doesn't uh, make a difference. It doesn't change anything. Yeah, and and it's, it sounds a bit ignorant, uh, arrogant, but I don't mean it like that. But I guess also it, as well, it's just like you don't care what I think. <laughs> no, it's just I just I think you just do it, don't you? You know, it, yeah. it's just it's a it's a reaction to like. I need to I need to say this, you know, and it's right. like it's with Lightyear when we play with Lightyear. I need to do this. I need to sing about this. It, it's not like I'm going to write a song. It's like I have to. Yeah, I have to write this. I have to write these lyrics. This is like, and you know what it's like when you look in hindsight when you've written something. I don't know if you ever do anything. That's what I was talking about, you know. Yeah. Or I was like, oh, I was pretty fucked up then. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize I was that fucked up. I think like a, a lot of bands, you know, from then and now and continued have, have you know, gone through that. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's bullshit. It's like when you started, it was like fifty quid a show. It's still fifty quid a show now. Yeah, and the pro- and the price of get or fuel, the price yeah. of fuel has gone up dramatically. And food, yeah, you know, and and rental. And, and do riders even exist? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just think it's really tough. And and but then the whole mental health thing uh, with you know bands on the road and stuff like that. Did you ever uh, talk about that with Lightyear or with other bands or n- with? Friends or family or partners? No, 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 no. Not until uh, my current girlfriend. So when when she kind of when I got with her, got with her. <laughs> when you caught her, uh, yeah, uh, with a lasso. <laughs> um, no, because no one, no one was like talking about that then. You know, no one was talking. You know, as a, you, you would listen to like Alkaline Trio or something like that, and you'd be like, like he's needs help you know he's he's asking for help and stuff and but no one no one at all mental health wouldn't even be spoken about and that's in quite a liberal punk scene as well you know you talk with amazing people like five knuckle and you know the friendliest you know loveliest people all that scene pretty much were amazing people and um who were very approachable but you would never go to someone and go oh i'm having a really bad day of depression today so you know I might just be back off a bit from everyone it's a a step it's a different step isn't it yeah and they like you wouldn't do that and in in general you wouldn't do that and I mean you you know because you were a young lad then you know what I mean Mm. but I think in in a musical sense you know in a a touring sense I think now people would would go oh right cool it's like being it's like being vegan now like I try as much as I can 
but I was on the train today and I went, oh, have you got any soy milk for my tea? And the guy was like, oh yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, I'll go get it. And he was like, he was actually talking quite disrespectfully to this lady before because she asked for some, you know, some snacks or something. And he was just losing it. It's like, oh yeah, well I've done this 12 years, you know, we've never really had those snacks, you know. And then when he spoke about soy milk, he was quite respectful. And I was like, wow, this has changed. You know, like, this this has totally changed that that somebody could actually show respect for asking that as opposed to going, what the my friend's dad the other day who who just you know isn't like that was like so um are you do you do vegan for like animal welfare rights or for the planet i was like that's got food to you you know yeah. like a hardcore daily mail reader yeah. like, um so i thought that was really cool and that's like with mental health i think as well it's like i think it's you've got to be quite strong to to go actually i do you know i need help or i need space or something like that just off microphone earlier, you were saying how it's, it's not too dissimilar to be kind of being in the army. Yeah. As laughable as that is, you know, mm. in the world, it's, it's, you know, huge periods of adrenaline. Yeah. And then, ooh. Yeah, I think it's like institutionalization of, of people, isn't it? So, um, you know, you, you're in jail, you eat at this time, you get up at this time. And obviously there's, I'm not comparing. And you rely on that. You rely you on do, that. You do rely on that. And that's, that's, it's that cycle. And I just found that, yeah, that being in that side, and I still find on the last tour, I, I I dropped into it and I was like, okay, let's just do this now. I know this world, you know, I still know this world. And then I'm getting to play every night, which is my drug, you know, and I'm getting that fix of adrenaline and endorphins, but also I'm getting to like therapy, do my therapy, you know, on stage and just be like, and look at people and think they think the same as what I am, you know, and, and that helps me. And I get to do that every night and then I come off stage and then, you know, there's the come down, you know, and then, and then, yeah, you do it again the next day and you wake up and you're with your mates and there's that camaraderie, that bond of, of you know, people you've been playing with for 20 years or whatever and the adventures you've been on and, and, and the bonding you have are, like, extreme. And I do think it's similar like that. And I do think it's institutionalisation. I don't think people talk about it. And I find it really hard integrating in back into into society. I do, man. And And I just think as well, like, people like it's probably going to be in the film you know like that that is going to be a part of it because i just i don't know i can't get on with with normal people yeah yeah <laughs> you know like i i can but also i'm like you know you haven't done things you know when people haven't done things and it sounds like elitist and i don't mean to be but when someone's like big thing in their life is is they've you know met you know when you do a round robin in in a, in a meeting thing, you yeah. know? And yeah. I did this the other day, honestly. I did this the other day. And and there was like senior people in this meeting, yeah. And we went around the room and everybody was like, what, you know, something interesting about you. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So someone was like, I once um, picked up Princess Diana's hat, which blew off next to me. And everyone went, ooh. You know, and then someone else went, there's nothing really interesting about me, but... I like uh, um, trains or something like that, you know. I was like, uh, okay, and that's cool, you know, that's cool. Well, it came to me, and they were like, okay, and I went, yeah. So like twenty years ago, I got married dressed as a clown, <laughs> and my best man was dressed as an alien, and we had dogs running around in camouflage outfits, and then um, <laughs> we went out. And I'm still married to to Rachel, who I wasn't going out with or anything, and she now lives with her girlfriend in a barge in Leeds. And we're actually getting a divorce, and it's going to come through in the next six months. So woohoo! <laughs> and the room just went dead, you know. And then they were just like, and I did it just to just to you know f- with them. And, and I'm surprised you, you, know, you you did it because that's yeah. uh, that's that takes guts. Yeah, and I think it will get back to my manager and stuff. But I don't, you know, this is what I mean. And I'm not saying it's like 
I don't care if people have not done anything, but you know when you're in that environment where like the people didn't have done something, mm. who mm. haven't, that's mm. what gets my goat up. Mm. And they're normally the ones who, who have the super but Isn't it know? wild how people at these jobs seem to be the ones that progress in those careers? They do. They're the ones that... They do, but I, I, I watched quite a bit on it, and I think it was a TED Talk, it's about corporate psychopaths. And, and there was a study into it saying that corporate psychopaths aren't actually the ones that are, that are beneficial to your company. Because all they, they're good at is political gain. And they don't have the empathy and stuff like that, that that they should have, which can make your company better. And there's studies into it. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's if you're politically skilled and a psychopath, you're going to get to the top, you know? Again, I think coming from the punk scene and stuff like that, I try and do everything based on ethics, you know? And it's it's difficult sometimes. Of but, course. But, I mean, everything around us is capitalism. But also, I think it's I think it's more than that. I think I think it is money, and it's material gain. But also, like psychopaths and sociopaths and narcissists, you know, it all blends slightly. But um, part of I think a similar trait I might write this is is that they try to they enjoy you know the chaos they can create, and they look at other people as as you know they look at themselves. I think the psychopaths as, as the uh, you know dominating apex predator. You know what I mean? And they look at everybody else. Oh, this is what you... And I can control this environment by mm-hmm. this, by this, mm-hmm. by this. Mm-hmm. And that's the ones who, who you know, are, are running company. And this is obvious, man. But I think when you when you experience that and you've come from a background that's based on ethics and music and, you know, the love of music and passion and live music and all this, and you go into that environment, which I do, I have done, um, it spins me out and I don't fit in. And yeah. I have trouble fitting in, you know. That's what I feel like. Being in a band is working as a team. Yeah, isn't it? totally. And this is the thing. But that's what good, you know. That's that's what companies need. You know what I mean? That, that's exactly what companies need. Right. Need and that's it. You learn about like dynamics, you know, group dynamics being in a band, and mm. and, and even if you and someone's not, someone's okay. You got the shy person. They're yeah. not. They shouldn't be the one going to get the money off the gig, or or they, yeah. they shouldn't be the one. Yeah, maybe totally. Dealing and, with the and maybe then they don't do anything. But then that's them, you know, and yeah. that's something I learned as well. It's like I did this talk to to these group of kids who are doing like a, you know, um, it was like a ex- school of excellence for many music, and they were saying like, what's the most important thing to learn? And I said it's group dynamics, because and there is going to be someone who doesn't do anything, but you've got to look at them and think, what are they doing? And actually, they might be like the personality dynamic that's keeping the group together you know they might be the one that people actually go and talk to right they might you know they, they might be that mellow character that that when isn't there the the whole dynamic changes so you know and companies oh, this is really weird like offshoot isn't it talk about corporate but, but companies spend millions on trying to like develop that you know and they they, they do these like classes where they they you know someone's called a plant where they're creative someone's this someone's this you know and they try and figure that out those group building yes yeah. <laughs> and they go this is what we need to do and actually do you know what humans do that naturally in an environment where you know they're nurtured and looked after and respected and if you respect that back that that's what it takes but but they try and figure that out but they can't figure it out because it's psychopaths and it's unnatural to try and say okay on this date in the calendar that's when we group together and do something it's totally oh, I, I was watching well, a, um, yeah. there's a thing on Netflix where. Seth Rogen talks about how it's about energy, yeah. about you know comedians and like I've got the energy because I'm I'm you know I'm holding court, I'm telling a story, yeah, yeah. and then I sort of you know you get the energy and you tell a story, yeah, and that's something I think about. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. 
because you've got to listen to other people. Yeah, and it's it's not as simple as it sounds. No, it's, I mean it's, it's about not having the energy all the time. Yeah, I, I I think that's that's something that I struggled with with like year partly because like you know the the ADD that's just recent. I think that's a trouble. I have like a third less ability to listen to people than most people do. So you were just recently. Yeah, so so a few months ago or something like that, I was uh, so high functioning attention deficit disorder, which used to be like ADHD. So um, yeah, which is which is really weird because it's sort of a very under it's a it's a badly marketed term, you know, we're riddling and, and everything, but actually it can be really debilitating and, and stuff. So, um, but that yeah, I had that all through like year, but. Um, yeah, so I sometimes don't have that ability as well, you know, and that mm. can come across really rude. But, mm. but you're right. So that's something I've had to learn to do is that, you know, because you could be talking to me and as soon as I says that, I can be thinking about, you know, a million yeah. different other things. Yeah. And like, it's like a, a channel switching over, you know, and yeah. people can find that rude. But yeah, you're right. It's that thing, that ability and going, here's, you know, you've got that energy and, you know, and I think being in bands as well, it's almost like that's your turn, you know, now you're on stage. Well, I think there's, in every band I've been in and a lot of bands that I've been friends with there is a hierarchy there's a pecking order you know what I mean and, and mm. there is someone who's more respected than, than the other mm. and I think that plays into our lives probably more than we'd ever know well with Lightyear there wasn't really really? yeah I, I honestly felt like it was is that because is that and I'm, this isn't a joke but mm. is that not because you were the top of it that you think that? I don't think so um, I think it was it was quite democratic. Um, I don't think anyone had more of a say. I mean, we argued, you know, because we were tired, hungry, Arguing and young, healthy. you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I honestly feel as though as though that that um, we never we never had that. I, I, there was no there was no power struggle or hierarchy. And then when I went into other bands and stuff like that and talked to other people, it was apparent that like quite a lot of bands have that. You know, and I think maybe recently I've I've become to be doing quite a lot for Lightyear because the other guys are just like, do you know what? If we do, if I have to do all the, the shit stuff, I don't want to do it. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well I'll do. You know, and and then which is quite I, it's quite rare for a singer to do. Yeah, I mean I, I don't load in as much as I should do, so that's, that's a normal thing. <laughs> but in thing. terms of the emails, <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I do I do all that and yeah everything and all the social. Yeah, know, that's you know. a full time you, job. You pretend you're not the band, <laughs> you know. Oh, hi, thanks. I'll let Chaz know. <laughs> How um, old were you when you joined Lightyear? I think um, I think I was eighteen. They found out I was dyslexic when I was like sixteen. Um, I had a, a, a really bad uh, bullying. I was bullied very very badly from like ten until well actually earlier than that. Um, so to the extent of like a lot of physical, I was electrocuted, burnt, you know, beaten up on a daily, regular basis, mental, uh, mental, you know, mental bullying for years. And then uh, the teachers also were doing it and they weren't helping at all. So uh, I was going through that at a boarding school, but then like uh, in the holiday, I would be kept behind and then I'd be cleaning out dog, like the teachers, dog's kennels. I'd be like moving. What? Yeah. I'd be moving like piles of bricks from like, in the snow with no gloves there to like a mile down the road and then they would be like um okay now move it back and then i'd have to move and this is my holidays you know and um yeah so kind of really fucked up period there and this is how i got into punk rock you see so 
that happened and then this one guy just went listen to this you know and it was a tape and he was a skateboarder and he was like you should start skating oh and listen to this you know so I was like cool I've, I've told this story quite a few times recently but um, so sorry if anyone's heard it but um, yeah um, and then I've only just really realised this as well you know that, that I had quite a f***ed up time then and um so it had like Gorilla Biscuits, Beastie Boys and Nirvana on, you know, and I think I heard Nirvana first. And as soon as I heard Nirvana, that distorted guitar, I was like, like you know, my life mm. opened up. And I was like, do you know what? And I gradually got into skating and everything like that. And then I moved to Derby. And then I realised, actually, they were all wrong. You know, the teachers were wrong. The students were wrong. All of them were wrong. So f*** them, you know. Mm. And, and I th- I, that's something you learn. I, I feel like I've taken into adulthood as well. Sometimes, actually everybody else can be wrong and you can be right, you know, and I, I feel like you've got to believe in yourself sometimes like that. Do you know, mm. you know what I mean? As long as you're like, right, I've got good core ethics. I know I'm, I know I'm right there <clears throat> as a person. I'm a good person. So I can now portray what I want to do because I'm not going to hurt anyone. I'm not going to disrespect anybody. And I know actually I'm right, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you see right it in a, in, a, in a positive way. Yeah, totally, exactly. And, and just like, just believing in yourself and stuff, you know? Mm. So anyway, that, that, <clears throat> that happened and I got out of that and then, um, yeah, got into punk and joined Lightyear, and then and then I was like, "Cool, this is where I'm meant to be," you know. Like, and everybody was super cool and got into skating, and it was like, and then you know, a teenager, and and that's when we went on tour, you know. And I was like, okay, so I just used the cold call venues, yeah, yeah. you know. I'm just like, oh, how's it going? You know, like I'm in this band, and we had, we got like two songs, you know. Can we do a tour? Like we didn't run tour, blah blah, blah. and they're like, oh, and I go, no, come on, I haven't got a demo yet, but we're really really good. And we were terrible, you know, and that and that's what we did, and that's how we got the tours, you know. Um, so just blagged it, really. But yeah, those first tours were funny. Did you have a a, a job? Did you have a, anything? Um, Living with your mum, I imagine. Yeah, no, I, I had no job. I mean, I I didn't go to my exams. I walked out of my exams. Um, I used to like, yeah, I I had no job, no career, no qualifications. I was working, you know. I've like cleaned public toilets. I was thinking today about it. But my mum was always just like, she was always just like, F- it, you know, like, my mum was like an old hippie. I'd do a job and I wouldn't fit in, you know, and she, I'd be like, um, I, I just, I, I don't want to do this, you know, and my mum would be like, don't do it. But then my, my granddad was like a Royal Marine, Sergeant Major, and my dad's in the Marine, was in the Marines. My uncles were like, you know, RAF and like, or they were teachers and, you know, so it was like quite a military or... And I was just like this dude who, who did nothing. Um, but I imagine yeah. like that could have like almost helped you. You know, you could have had a job in the military, but you know that you know people that do it, and you know that it doesn't. You know, it, it wouldn't make you happy. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I think I was probably going down that route at school. So I lived on a housing estate, but got a government-assisted place to go to a private school. So at the private school, I was seen as someone with no money. Yeah. And then the housing estate, I was seen as a snob. Got it's a weird situation. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm understand uh, but yeah um, but that was like an army school so they trained you how to like strip machine guns and all that so I did yeah. all that and I nearly nearly went that route and um, and you know because of punk and skating I didn't you know and like you started touring pretty sort of prolifically after yeah I mean it was like getting the van you know it's like getting the van don't get out you got a book you an know. agent fairly quickly yeah yeah well Pretty much, yeah. Like um, Andy from the Vic in Derby um, introduced us to Ian Armstrong, and uh, you know he's like he was just like, but you know I'll take you on, and then and then just it grew from there, you know, and and the drive I suppose just to 
keep going and keep going. And it was a laugh, you know, it was good. And if you had a booking agent, that sort of entails that you get money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at, at the start, it was like, yeah, 50 quid. And, and it's the irony, isn't it? You know, when, when you need a rider and everything like that, you don't get it. And then when you, mm. you don't need it, you get it. And and but obviously yeah when we we were finishing it was like we were getting bigger fees but that was you know that's the the problem because it becomes a small business and your turnover is you know and then you have to be tax registered and <clears throat> all this stuff starts happening and and before you know it you're running a small business with your, your mates that you've grown up playing with and you didn't mean to start a business you didn't mean to start a business and actually and I always remember like you know I heard Jake from Cap Down I always say this but like I heard him go oh this isn't our career you know like. Uh, we don't want that for our career and I remember hearing him call cut down his career and that spammed me out I've got nothing but respect for those guys because they're awesome but that just highlighted to me how they looked at it differently Right. and maybe we should have looked at it like that but we were just like let's get out of there let's just do it and keep doing mm. it and keep doing it and we there was, n- there was never any plan at all whatsoever <laughs> it was like yeah just do it do it play as many shows as we can as possible and that didn't change, you know, even through your early twenties. No, no, I don't. I, no, I, I've never ever ever looked at it like you as, as any type of career thing, you know. Yeah. And now it's like we we can play shows, but we have to like we can't lose money on them, you know. That's did you did you have any people from home that were your age, people that you skate with, for example, maybe who were who who did have jobs. For me, that was a big part of it. A lot of my mates from home had jobs, and I'd be like, you know, I know I'm going on a tour in Australia right now. Yeah, but actually, I'd love to have a job where I get paid a grand at the end of this month. It, yeah, totally. So there's that thing, isn't there, where that chunk of that life, you, you miss out on it, and that normality of, of getting those kind of first foothold jobs and mm. people kind of around the era of like weddings as well. And there was eight know. of you. Or seven of you. Seven, yeah, seven, yeah, yeah. So that's quite a large group of people for none of you to have pressure from. I don't know whoever's around you. To... Yeah, yeah. I mean, we like when you look back at it. I, I, I mean, we can't like we lose Neil on a regular basis. Still, you know, he'll just go off on a mission and we don't find him until the next day in a bush or something. Yeah, that's just Neil. I mean, he's a very special case, but like. Yeah, it, it's weird. We were, we were like super dedicated and actually quite had a together as well, though, you know? Mm. So, in a way, so like... Well, we you'd were, have to be, seven of you. Yeah, yeah, time. I mean, you'd it have was, to it have was, some kind of formation. It was just dedication. Yeah, there was no, it was almost like there was no question. You know, no yeah. one ever said, I, no, I don't think anyone, you know, said, I can't do that gig. Or ever, no one would be like, yeah, it, it just didn't happen, you know? Yeah. No one, no one in, for years would be like, I can't do that rehearsal. It was just like, that is the number one priority, you know? We were rehearsing two or three times a week at one point. And, um, yeah, it was it was just a given, you know what I mean? It was it was just, there was no there was no relationship that came higher than that. There was no, um, you know, someone's, like I said, someone's getting mad. Oh, cool, well, oh, I've got a gig. Okay, we'll do the gig, you know? Like, or, or there's this. And, so what would happen you know. between tours where you'd have enough time to get bored? Um, well, that's that thing, isn't it? You, you get you you kind of you're in that world, and then you you stop, and then you come off the road, and for like a week or something like that, and then you're you're like, where do I fit in? You know, what's been happening? I don't know if you felt the same, but it was like, what are my mates doing? You know, like like trying to reconnect with them, mm. and then not quite feel in that place because you haven't been there. Yeah, and and you haven't been on those weekends where you yeah went that new group or yeah oh they've started going to a new place. And you're like, what is this? this totally, is yeah. yeah. And and I mean, because I always had my 
core sort of mates is skating and then my music mates you know mm-hmm. so it's like I could I could go off and go and do that but um, I didn't quite feel right going back even yeah. then you know yeah. I was like I, I just you know I need to which go which is strange talk, because you know? the thing about skateboarding is inclusivity you know what I mean like no it, sort of yeah it wasn't like they weren't inclusive of me at all because they're amazing but like I didn't I, I didn't know where I should be you know yeah. and, and I probably still don't really um, and it was it was almost like yeah I don't know it's like should I should I just be here and, and then they would be talking about stuff that I didn't know would happen you know because it wasn't really Instagram or anything so you couldn't really yeah. follow what was going on in people's lives and it was great to see everyone but then I'd be like am I on tour am I on a break you know or am I going back you know like actually I'm going back so in a few days I'm, I'm getting ready to go on tour again and actually I want to go on tour I'm not you know yeah, I'm sleeping on my mum's couch again you know yeah. like I need to just get away in the van I need to go back to what I know I could survive on the road yeah you know whereas like at home I couldn't yeah like I, I you know my mum didn't have much money at all so we, we were like living in a you know like a, a flat that was like a box you know my my room when I had one was like a box room so it was kind of like I mean I'm not saying my mum couldn't feed me because she could but like there's definitely times when she couldn't yeah. in my life you know where she was like I haven't got enough money to feed us and, and that's that's kind of another thing but like it's like therapy sorry Giles no I love it <laughs> uh, I'm not going to pay you but um, yeah um, it was just yeah I just I just it was easier on tour yeah because then if I got back it was like right I, you know I need to get some money for this I need to shop I need to cook I need to you know interact with these people I felt really institutionalised I don't think I realised as much and other, other, other guys may not have done so but I definitely felt like that, yeah. And on tour, you're in it together. You're relying on one yeah, another. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're in that group. You you know yeah, what's going on. You're on stage. You've got that, that, that thing where you like can shoot a look at someone. They know what you mean on stage, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know exactly what they're thinking. And they know what you're thinking. When does that happen in life? You know? Yeah, it's rare. It doesn't happen that often. And that happens kind of like every night. And, you know, and that's those moments where you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, good or bad, you know? yeah. And it sounds like psychedelic, but it's it's a real thing, isn't it? Yeah, you know this kind of osmosis. Totally, man. And and um, I don't. I, I just think sometimes I live in the past because you know look at all these great those tours and stuff in in such fondness, but also at the same time it was me up. So yeah, um, yeah, it's just that limbo. But thing. it's it's interesting to hear that it wasn't the booze or drugs or whatever that was. Yeah, know, no, because that's the story of most people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would drink. Like Were you a big drinker? Bit, I, um, but not, not really. Not in order. I wasn't like definitely. I mean, I would say I was like, I guess like half way in the back. I mean, to be honest, we were probably all drinking quite a lot, um, but we were young. Yeah, and um, yeah. and you can drink a lot when you're. I mean, probably it didn't help. So now, in hindsight, yeah, I maybe I just didn't identify that as as a, as something that was like bad for me at the time. Yeah, um, but. Um, yeah, uh, I guess like we would drink a couple of nights in a row, and then someone would go, oh, "I'm gonna have a night off tonight," you know. Sure. But we the thing but is, it takes a lot of money to drink. It does, thing. but also it's like it, I think it's more like where you stay as well. So it depends how you look on touring and like because mm. back then it was like, right, are oh, we staying at a party tonight? You know, are oh, we staying at a student flat? Are oh, we staying? Yeah. You know, oh, and then you know people smoking weed and doing drugs and drinking, and you're like, well, I'm sitting here, I'm in their house. Can't just go, guys. Can you just keep it down? Because like, I want to go to bed. Like, yeah. And and I think you know, touring now is I, I try and pace myself like that. But 
but yeah i think back then it was there was probably like a lot of drinking yeah there was but i don't think that was you know i, I, I just i don't have that problem with it yeah. i have obsessive like problems so i have like um spontaneity issues you know so with add you have um spontaneity issues so you have yeah. problems you know stopping spontaneity like getting married shit like that <laughs> um so and 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 you know when i went to see this guy the psychologist and all that it all was all like yep 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 and a lot of people are like extroverts as well and they 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 they're really successful if they're in um they then up in jail yeah or they end up doing something like a stand-up comedian or a front person in advance or that and then they excel at that yeah so um but yeah spontaneity issues so a lot of it you know was like maybe like i'd have i mean with like yeah i would very rarely drink before i went on yeah. I, I very rarely have one beer it's, isn't it funny that you didn't see it as your job mm. or career mm. but there wasn't another part of your brain being like oh i'd like to be a graphic designer for yeah there was not even an inkling of that nothing ever and and what about you know running a skate shop for example, yeah. something that was more yeah okay something that you're so into. That was that was, I was like, when I'm older, and you must have had friends that worked. At skate yeah, shops. and that put me off. <laughs> so I used to work in a few skate shops and stuff. So that was that was um, yeah. I, was, I I said the goal, my life's dream is to run a skate shop, and and now I don't know if it is so much, you know, mm. because I just because it's so difficult. I think everything's really expensive. You it's know, so expensive it's people, now. Yeah. Like, you know, this is not. I love you know going to you know I don't want to name names, but yeah. been some amazing independent skate shops, and I want to buy something. Yeah, but I can't. Outrageous I can't now. buy a thirty-five yeah, yeah. pound t-shirt. No, and I don't want to buy I mean, a, a pair of seventy-five pound trucks. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's because like they probably weigh a lot. Well, they do weigh a lot, so the import is right, a lot. Right, but I mean, yeah, I I, I haven't bought trucks in years. And I, and I went in and I thought, oh, do I need some new trucks? And I swapped mine out last time, which is nice. At the store, you? I was just like, do you want these trucks? And he said, yeah, I've got some bigger ones that you want. And I said, great. What what trucks have you got now? Uh, ones that are too big. Okay, for the board? Were. Yeah, mm. I haven't skated in about a year. But I went to Alex Wonk's, Wonk Unit's house a couple of years ago. Okay, When cool. I was unemployed. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that where you go when you're unemployed? <laughs> <laughs> it was actually for, for Why, because you got a pool? Yeah. You're living the 18-year-old dream again, you are. <laughs> I was. That's what I you was, need to do. I was for a bit. But that pool is unforgiving. <laughs> is it? Yeah, I can't it's, skate pools. It's nippy. Is it? And do you know what? It doesn't, like it, it's not like, no, no, it doesn't feel like a pool. It, it's yeah. not like Harrow pool. Yeah. It's not like, it's it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know a lot about skating anymore. You know, I don't know who the best skaters are. Because Instagram skating, I feel, is slightly soulless, you know. I'll, like, watch old 411s, you know? Yeah. Because I just, I guess I'm... Pop shove it. Yeah, well, that's my thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's my go-to, that is. Because I've got this thing in my head now. Oh, I can go out skating, having not skated for a couple of months. Yeah. And I can land all the stuff I could land when I was 20. And, yeah. And actually... I was skating like eight hours a day when I was twenty. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, it, yeah. like, I go and skate and skate and skate. So, so I, I, I can't do them. But I did have a really good skate uh, in the summer in in and did some stuff I've never done. You know, so it was like, whoa, I can still do stuff I've never yeah, done. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, quite a mental good. thing. Yeah, you know? I haven't a big mental thing for me. I haven't skated in a year, and the last mm. few times I did step out, I didn't enjoy it. Okay. And it was a really hard thing because mm. I wanted to land all this stuff first yeah. time. And I know this is such a childish classic thing to to do but it really put me off which is a bummer i think i totally relate to that because you because yeah you've kind of got this sort of 
memory of it as well, haven't you? Yeah. It's not like you're doing something totally new. And a so you respect can't gauge for yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because skating is it, it does have that. It's like it's it's kind of harsh because it's almost like because there's so many. There's always been poses in skating, hasn't there? And I think if you just showed you were trying, then it was respected. Yeah. You know, you were like, okay, you're you're trying, you're respected. But you know what I mean? It's that pride thing, isn't it? With skating, totally. you kind of like. You, you go out and you want to still you want to live yourself. up to the way that you that when someone's like you, oh my god that was the sickest thing yeah the yeah. next time you see him yeah you kind of want to all you want to get that yeah that feeling and, you know. and kind of it, it, yeah it's a pride thing isn't it in, in yourself and that's why it's good it's pushy but now i've changed my expectations of skating where i just do it little bits you know i, I yeah. give myself little victories so like even if yeah, i like yeah. olive curb now i'm like yeah. Sick. Okay, I did that and it didn't look completely yeah. awful. Yeah, yeah. You and know? it felt good. And it felt good. And you know you had style. Yeah, and then I do a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And, yeah. And um, yeah, so so I guess that's that's how I look at it now. But I still I still love skating, man, so much. Um, yeah. You were skating a lot when you were back from tour? Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, again, this is the thing. I fell behind everyone else you know yeah so all my kind of crew i was i suppose i was at a similar level at one point i wasn't like one of the standout guys but i would take falls and i would i would commit to bigger stuff you know and then the skate park got built and i broke my ankle and disc my knee the day before it opened in the same time yeah the same fall yeah so i went up this quarter a flat bank and hit this like it's like a flat bank with a bit of a wall ride on top i went up and hit this flat bank and then paused in like a smith store yeah yeah and it's one of those times where you're like, I've never done this before. Yeah. Shall I commit to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I was going to commit. like, <laughs> And committed and hung up and and, and uh, missed the whole flat bank and landed on uh, on top of my knee and broke my foot. So my, my knee dislocated and I broke my foot. And uh, and I never had a you know big fall. That was my first big fall. And yeah, Mike Manzori, he was like kind of, it was really surreal. It was like kind of, I was really into skating at the time. was was because like a preview of the skate park. And he was like, "Man, are you okay?" And he like kind of helped me up and moved me over to like this, you know. The, the paramedics came and all this, and I was on gas, and I was like, "This is mad." And so, so I fell behind, you know, because of that injury and then touring. So like every time I came, like for mini ramp, there's a really good mini ramp there. Mm-hmm. So I came to skate the mini ramp, and you know, I could like drop in and try rock fakies, and yeah. I did get disaster backside disaster reverts, so I can do them. But nice. rock fake, you know, the basics. Yeah. And then everybody, and then I was just like, this kind of. You know, and that other that was another way of just kind of not feeling connected with my home life. So I used to take my board out on tour, but then it kind of you know drifted off. But I never, I never gave up. Um, you know, skating, and, yeah, and yeah. I still, you know, I take my kids skating now. My boy like comes with me, and you know, Elias is one, so he might be able to skate, and they just like it. Bomb right. hills, you know, bum board down hills. Yeah, well, good. Like, yeah, well, good. It's awesome. So kind of re look re looking at that, and just and I try. So I do like boxing and I've started Muay Thai like recently and stuff like cool. that. So really And sad. the film is the big project now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been going on for a while. Yeah, so so the film it's really funny because like a couple of years ago I used this like software called Trello. So you like, you know, I guess kind of project managing it. Mm-hmm. And then um, and I looked at my trailer from years ago and it was just ridiculous. You know, it was like the the snapshot of an ADD brain, you know, like it was like I was like, there's no way I can do all that. You know, like, yeah, like yeah. that. this is not doable. It was like Lightyear, solo album, film, uh, you know, boxing combinations. Like, and I was like, this isn't a project. You know, this is like, so recently, like a few months ago, I was like, okay, I just need to do the film, you know? 
I just need to do the film and that's and I need to do it properly. So what happened with that last year was was Pledge Music went bust. So they um we were supposed to get like a big chunk of the funding. So we had we had like we've got footage, we were filming, we were doing everything and they gave us a bit at the start and that was great and we could pay our friends for filming and, and you know, whatever. And then it was like, right, your next chunk and then you have the next chunk at the end when you deliver, you know? Mm. And I was like, oh, we should have got that, like, last week. We should have got that, you know, big chunk of of cash for the film. So we got into the next stage. Didn't get it. Week, another week. Didn't get it. You know, I was like, oh, okay, maybe like a month. Didn't get it. And then my friend works at Pledge, you know, and he was like, no, no, it's cool. Like, they've told us what's happening. It's to do with, like, PayPal dropping out of, of crowdfunding. And I was like, right, okay, cool, I'll leave it. And then started emailing, and then on Twitter and everything, other bands and artists were kind of going, hold on a minute, we can't, we've not heard from Pledge. And then the CEO eventually emailed me direct and was like, um, I'm really sorry, we're trying to fix this, there's been some problems, but, you know, we're getting it, we're getting it fixed. And we will, um, you know, we'll get you the money. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get you the money and we'll get... Um, you know, everything will go ahead and, and stuff and it'll be fine. Yeah. And then basically never never heard from them again. And then they went to liquidation and nobody was held accountable at all whatsoever. And then um, I just got an email from, from a lawyer who I didn't know saying, Pledge Music, I am the like prosecutor and uh, Pledge Music has gone into liquidation. You will not be receiving any funds for the for your project it's highly unlikely so basically basically we we got into the conundrum of we don't have enough to deliver the pledge stuff you know so if we kind of continue with the film we can't deliver any of the dvds we can't get these things done you know um yeah and then the 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 finishing amount we get a percentage at the end for doing it to distribute the 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 film or music or albums whatever you do uh, didn't come through as well and and um and i was just like i was just in shock so I didn't know what to do. And then I was like, right, I need to tell everybody, you know. So I started telling, telling people on social media. And then I sent out this thing on, on the through their mail shop thing, you know. Yeah, well, ev- everyone who had pledged, pledged some money. Yeah, yeah. You can get in touch with them through Pledge. Yeah, so I was like, okay. And then, like, Frank Turner went through it. Loads of people went through it. And I was like, and people were amazing. They were really cool. But then I found out that the Pledge mail-out thing had been shut down. But it, I didn't know that. So I was using their, their, their tech on their website and it was saying sent and people weren't even being told that, that this was going on because they were putting a lockdown on it because they're trying to sell Pledge Music. But also some people got a couple of emails, so it was really weird. But then I would put something out on socials like, and then loads of people were like, I've not heard anything. You know, I've checked my email. So, so they're like, their tech wasn't working. You know what I mean? Their the comms mm-hmm. wasn't working. And that did my head in because I was like, people are just going to think like Lightyear, you know, just taking people's money. Is there any way that you could have found out all the email addresses of people who had pledged? So I got it and I've exported them. So I've got them now. Okay. So that's cool. But at the time I didn't know. And you emailed them? Yeah. uh, Yeah. 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 So I didn't know. But you know what I mean? I didn't know that. um, You didn't. Well, if you. I didn't know it hadn't worked. If you go through the website and it says sent. Yeah, exactly. There was no, there was nothing saying error. So, so yeah. And then, and I was just like, oh God, like, and, and. I'm trying to deal with that and relocate my family and I was like I can't do this you know I, I yeah. can't do this film and I want to I want to do the film because it's I think it's such a unique time for bands and everything it's our little dot you know on the on the on the right. you know the more grand scheme of like punk and the, the whole world and California and it's, punk in California is still a, 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 a viable career for people you mm. know yeah 
and it never was here really. So and Lightyear inhabits this big sort of patch for a lot of people that are into punk rock or. Ska I think punk we're part of it, but I, I I think it's just I think I just feel like that story kind of needs telling. You know, mm. like like selling out venues, like like Barney from Sonic Boom Six like talks about at Reading Elise Festival how on the film where where um, you know the tents for for our bands were like totally and it's and it there were bands after like Random Hand and you know Punk Man. I'm not saying we were the be all and end all. It's just a snapshot for us what we experienced, and but you know the tents were like rammed, so so you would you would see like the, in the morning you know they'd be like so and so so and so so and so then you know a band from that scene and people couldn't fit in the tent yeah. and then they'd leave and then the next five American bands no one would watch, yeah and you're just like so what what happens now you know right surely this is this is building this is exciting you know we're all representing each other you know like it's a positive force and. Um, but I think the irony was not giving it turned into like our thing, but also like there's a deeper context to it as well, you know. So it's the like, lyrics, yeah, and 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 you know, like our favorite bands are like Propaganda and you know, quite lyrically conscious. But also, I think you can be silly, and I, I think humor is, is often humor's a good infiltrator, you know, and and um, hopefully that that kind of worked like that. But but yeah, it was never, it wasn't uh, like planned like that. You know, it wasn't planned like that, but but that was the peak. You know, that was that was the kind of peak I think for <clears throat> for that in a way. But I think it's just I really want to tell that story still. So so that is happening again now, and yeah. So okay. it's going to get a re a relaunch, mm-hmm. a re re relaunch. And um, how did you fund it the second time? We haven't Th- this time. We haven't. Okay. <laughs> so we so we had like a bit left over, um, but again, that's like so you've got to look at it in in we've got to really plan it now, as in like. Okay, well, if we save that bit for, you know, distrib- like if nothing happens, we need to get those pledges out, you know, and that, but that isn't enough. But some things are, it's quite complicated, but we're doing a relaunch, we're doing like, you know, branding, website and everything. We're doing it really, really properly. Got some new people on board. Um, but I don't, people are like, right, I want to re-pledge. I want to do that. I want to do it again. I don't want to do that only as a very very last resort you know what I mean I want I want to have the film completely ready to go to shoot you know everything because it was a little bit not as organised as I really wanted it last year as well just because it was fragmented because everyone's lives and stuff like that but now it's a timeline you know what I mean we know what we've got deadlines we've got you know milestones in place so we know exactly what's going to happen and if we get to the filming point we're trying to get it funded by somebody if it doesn't get funded We'll probably put it out there and go, you know, put some merchandise out or something like that, you know, that you can help contribute towards the film. And then after that, you know, do all the premieres and stuff that we wanted to do. But I want it to be the last the last thing, you know. People are like, I just want to see this film out and it's great and the community is brilliant. But also the DIY ethics coming back in with it. So everyone's getting involved and go, oh, I do sound or I do websites and, mm. you know. So um, I'm really determined now and excited and it's structured um, and it feels, yeah, it feels good. It feels really good. Have you got a date? Um, no, but we've got dates for like everything around it. Cool. So, so the actual up until the shooting, and then because distribution and stuff might be different depending on. <clears throat> so you're gonna do physical? I don't know. I want to. Yeah, but people that, don't that's, buy DVDs. Well, that's that's the one that we if we can't afford to, we won't be able to. You know, so everybody who pledged originally will get a, a free copy download yeah. obviously yeah. 
Uh, if we can meet the original pledges, we will. Mm-hmm. Um, but and those original pledges were for DVDs. A lot were, yeah. yeah. Some were like after I've just started, um, after I've just chatted on DVDs. Yeah, no, well, yeah. Surprisingly, people do want them, and I, I, I don't have them, but people yeah. do, and. Um, and then like um, this this um, girl Kate who, who like pledged for like the guitar sign guitar you know absolute legend and you know support so so what she did was this is really cool she got her money back and her bank did and then she re-pledged for the, the same thing brilliant yeah so so big shout out to her but, but presumably to do that you sort of really have to go for it yeah I, I didn't really I, I couldn't find a way of doing it you know yeah. but she her bank was like we're gonna get it you know what I mean yeah they they should have refunded all that money to all those people and they just didn't and but anyway it's going to happen and I don't know how good it's going to be but I've got this like image in my head how I want to do it and and, and you know I, it's going to be quite interesting and different I think as well than people think I want to watch it because I want to hear stories there's going to be talking heads uh, because of like there wasn't loads of footage around those times mm. so so the the actual tagline is like documenting the undocumented scene of like whatever but then also you it's like a really hard challenge because um but i don't want to be at too many talking heads you know so so uh, yes and no so we'll see what happens but there's going to be hopefully like a storyline that goes alongside of it as well so we've got a big box of old really old footage um in like mini dv cassettes and yeah. really old like interviews of, of us when we were younger and and um loads of stuff like there are that. a lot of zines around that time as well yeah 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 the whole the whole way I wonder if people had the tapes from there yeah so so that's part of the plan is is like an actual like call out for people to to you know we, we've done it before and so because i was doing it all on my own i kind of tested the water and loads of people were like oh yeah i know this person i know this person yeah. and then it kind of obviously because pledge collapsed it went into the background and so i'm go- that's part of the um the process is like in a, in a few months i'm going to be doing a call out for it and getting that together We've bought a um, you know a VHS converter. Oh, nice! And DV, you know, so we cool. can get that into digital. Yeah, and that's going to be fun. Like going through Big all time. the old um, you know things. But yeah. you look at like part of it as well is like look at how many bands were around those times. You know, like when people talk about the scenes and like yeah. NME and that, yeah. and they go, oh, you know, Britpop. But yeah, but then it was like how many bands per town? There's like three, yeah. you know, four bands in that yeah. scene per town. Yeah, and and all doing stuff. All doing stuff, and you, when you start listing it. There's, yeah. there's hundreds and hundreds of bands around the UK, yeah. like in that scene, and and that is a that is a scene, mm. you know. That's like movement, man. Like there was, there's more in in there was more in that time than there was punk bands. Well, where I'm from, I'm guessing in, in, in the punk era, you know, Amersham, loads of old school punks are gonna fucking kill me now. But, yeah. but, but it was like Enter Shikari were were a local band for me, and so were Gallo. And they, yeah, they and they were like, band. oh, these are different. These these are gonna transcend that, yeah. you know, that which many of the bands should have done in that in that era, but. Um, but you know, like Enshikar as well. I'm not sure the scene they came out was like really punk, but you know, well, I've St. toured Auburn, with them when I was tour managing, and, and okay. you know, I've got massive respect for that band. My first ever gig was um, my band opened for them in in Amersham in like a scout hut. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. And, so they, uh, yeah. and I turned up. I was a bass player in this band, and I turned up with just my bass, not even a lead, no nothing. Yeah. And the bass player, I think his name's Chris. I haven't met yeah. him since. This it's was Chris, yeah. going back 13 years ago. Yeah. And he was like, have you got, you know, he was like, what have you got? And I said, um, my bass. And he was like, okay, this is my rig. Just plug in there. You yeah. Get to go. Heads as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are you joking? Heads, pedals. Yeah. Leads. Yeah. And I look back now. Yeah. And I'm like, you did not need to do that. Yeah, totally. And that's it, <laughs> But that's it? punk. Yeah. That's yeah. punk. That is. Yeah. That's that in that. Like, it sounds so funny, but like, 
you know, and this thing, what is punk? Whether it's like it's just something simple like that. Yeah. And it goes back to it's that in nice. the workplace now. It's like, yeah, it's just being nice and respectful, and mm. when you don't have to be, right? You know what I mean? And 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 it's such a simple thing, and just being kind. Mm. You know, it's just is is a simple thing, and I think for you know them to do that, and they're still doing it now. You know, I imagine when we when you know. Lost the tour when I was tour manager. They were super cool. You know, this is all there was now that another band, My Chemical Romance. You know, when we 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 toured with them, they were the soundest people. You know what I mean? That's and they cool. they they were like sharing their kit. Their crew was awesome. You know, yeah. and it was almost like they were doing that as an ethic. You know, and I was never really hugely into them. Which after is the tour, I was like a These strange guys idea. What's that? An arena band having an ethic. It was totally yeah 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 totally. But that, to the extent where at one point they. Lost alone with sound checking, and they had a photo shoot in the middle of the of the arena, and they didn't come in. They waited till we sound checked, so they didn't start the photo shoot. That's cool. They didn't need to in do an that. arena. They didn't need to do that. They did not need to do that. And it's the same thing, man. And That's and really cool. therefore, I have like. <clears throat> it sounds really funny because like it's like when you kind of get into watching a band every night, and then actually you get into them because they're sound and yeah. you respect them. Yeah. And actually, then I start going, these are really good. Mm-hmm. you know which when you just hear them on the radio something it's like not something I connect it's with whatever, so yeah, so, yeah um, that's really cool I didn't know yeah. that about yeah yeah dude like yeah and they're, they're, they're reforming aren't they now and stuff yeah. which is really really cool so yeah we've gone over an hour and we've got loads of um, usually my episodes are like 25 minutes oh cool so I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna edit we that down go in there. Go. but mate that's, that's... I've been working all day for me mate on the side running around like a blue ass fly I've been working yeah I've been Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.